I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hello, beautiful babies. Two quick notes before you hop into today's show. One, this is the last episode of Emotionally Broken Psychos that's going to appear in the Please Advise feed. So if you love what you've been hearing, go over to Emotionally Broken Psychos page. Just search in the iTunes store on Acast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Emotionally Broken Psychos. We'll come up. Then you hit subscribe. That's the button to press, baby. That subscribe button. And if you haven't enjoyed the show, then good luck. They're not going to be here anymore. Um, the other note is we are about to record our 100th episode of Please Advise <laughs> uh, this Saturday, the 23rd. I'm so excited. I don't even know what to do about it. But that said, I want to make sure that every single one of you who wanted to get a call and I started to get a lot of snaps from people saying, oh, no, is it too late? I got tweets. Oh, no, is it too late? It's not too late. In fact, you, till ha you have until about... 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, the 23rd, to get your calls in. Please no later than that because Christina Lopez likes to have the show programmed and organized for all of you beforehand. Um, and so, yeah, just call with your updates. Call with those burning questions you've been meaning to call in with. That doesn't mean we're never going to be able to answer them again if you don't. But we really want to get as many people's questions in, some big questions, questions you guys have been sitting on, some updates, whether they be positive or maybe you've had a slight regression. You guys are family to us and we love you so much. We cannot do this 
show without you. We tell you all the time. And um, I've really grown to love so, so many of you over the years. Um, your responses on Twitter, the way that you guys call the show, the way you interact, your fandom, it's just, it's overwhelming. And I'm so, so thankful for you. So one last chance, 323-450-7408, or email your voice notes to askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. And we will get to your question. I'm so excited, you guys. Thank you so much for all the support, all the love. Thank you, Christina, for being not just one of my best friends of all time, but the greatest producer ever and a fabulous partner. I feel so, so lucky to have Christina and so, so lucky to have you guys and just beyond blessed the for the friend turns everyone and our all of our all of our guests I'm gonna ah I'm gonna get into this more again on Saturday but I just have to tell you I am beaming smiling ear to ear thinking about all of the progress we've made over the last two years and how many amazing people have come into my life because of this show thank you so much welcome to emotionally broken psychos a please advise spinoff This is the podcast that dissects your favorite reality TV shows in a quest for self-improvement or, as we like to think of it, where displacement meets lulls. Whether it's healing a personal wound through lessons learned on The Bachelor or reaching a better understanding of your interpersonal relationships through Vanderpump Rules, we'll mine our favorite reality TV shows for insight into human nature, the way we interact, and how we feel about ourselves. I'm your host. Molly McAleer. Amy Kaufman is someone I met about eight years ago when she auditioned to work at the website I was the videographer for, Gawker's Defamer. That was a very important era in my life, but one notable thing was different about me back then. I hadn't yet grown to know and love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. All these years later, I am now obsessed with The Bachelor franchise and even bought my house from the winner of Ben Flanick's season, Courtney Robertson. Amy has always been a huge Bachelor super fan, and you can kind of hear how she got into uh, some of the reasons she loves the show on the Please Advise episode, Will You Accept This Rosé? And it made perfect sense to have her on Emotionally Broken Psychos to talk all about JoJo's turn as The Bachelorette. This should be a real treat because Amy is a Bachelor historian to the extent that she's currently writing a book all about the show, and it's going to be fan-fucking-tastic. She also was the LA Times reporter that covered The Bachelor and The Bachelorette for the paper for years um, until ABC wound up banning her for being a little bit too mean. She hosts a weekly batch viewing party and an email group that she rules with an iron fist. Uh, Seriously, Amy terrifies me with how serious she is about the group, and I fully expect her to gut me for not attending any of the parties this season. But in my defense, I am busier and more overwhelmed than I've ever been in my life, and Amy lives clear on the other side of town. But that said, I respect the amount of emotion she brings to the whole situation, and generally, she just makes me laugh my ass off. You can find her at Amy K in LA on Twitter. She live tweets every episode and just generally has the best dish, so I recommend you track her down and then, I don't know, take turns talking about what a shitty person I am for never going to the parties. I know, I know, I am the fucking worst. And with that, here's my call with Amy that we recorded right after watching The Hometown Dates. I just finished it. It was like super uneventful, but there's that. So (laughs) the ending was important. I mean, it was important in that. Well, okay. I guess it was important and we should just dive into this. The ending of it was important because Luke like decided to finally declare his love to her. And I have to tell you, I honestly didn't even know that was Luke until she was like, I don't, I wonder why Luke is talking to me. Like, I can't tell these guys apart. Can you? 
wait, can I tell Luke and the other guys apart? Yes, I can't. Like when she was like, oh, it's Luke. I finally was like, oh, that's Luke. We actually got a comment about that. Someone like wrote in and said to me, like, why did Jojo pick the four guys that look exactly alike? Yeah, I've seen a lot of memes of people who think that they look alike. They do. They have like similar hair, but I definitely I know I knew who Luke was like. I knew he was the southern one with the some people when we were watching the other night, people were like, he has lizard eyes. (laughs) He does have a little bit of a lizard eye. And more than that, um, I do think that Luke was the guy that. I mean, outside of what's his face, Jordan, like he was the one that seems to be the most promising. Like from the moment that he got out of the limo, they had this chemistry. The other three who's left, Robbie, Chase and Jordan. I don't even know who Chase is. Yeah. I mean, Chase, like, again, people were like freaking out. Uh, so, so, well, should we start from the, like how we like, handle Batch, like you and I, like, Yes, let's talk about, let's just, let's just get into it. Cause I talked about this in the intro that I was like, Amy's going to gut me. She's going to totally like (laughs) call me out for not being there. But let's just talk about, let's start from the beginning for you. Okay. So Miles and I are, well, so I've started this batch email group that we've had for a couple of years now and Miles is in it. Basically, we just like literally email about The Bachelor multiple times a day. Like anything that happens in the news, what else? Like, you know, people on Twitter. Yeah, like a memorable moment on the Batch Snaps account, which is so sad to me. Like, God bless Desiree and everything she does, honestly. She's a very cute girl, but I just, I don't understand why they're paying her, of all people, to do these Batch Snap recaps. It's such like a reflection of where major networks go wrong in their social media. Like, it's, she's oh, not truth. doing funny bits. Like, that uh, that sad cheese platter that was in front of her, like the deconstructed Lunchables tray, I called it, because it was like, it's just like there, no one's planning here. And then the bits are so dumb. And I'm sure that Desiree is getting paid like, I don't know, 10 grand a season to do this. And that some social media intern is getting paid a salary to put together these terrible videos. Um, so we talk about stuff like that. And like, yeah, I mean, links. it's like yeah. endless. The amount of like you were just saying Snapchat, like. The, the amount of Bachelor content that is out there is truly astounding. So we really never have – we always have, like, so much stuff to talk about, which is annoying but also amazing. Um, and the idea behind it was also that we were supposed to watch this show together every Monday. But there's sort of been at a revolt in the group this season um, from people who are not, like, watching – if they're not watching live, they they may not even be watching at all because they just think JoJo sucks and is boring, which is like very difficult for me to handle because like I'm a ride or die. Like we don't watch the show because it's like good. It's like you watch to watch. It's like a group experience. Like you know, that's what I take from it. So, and here's um, the thing: yeah. like if I I really I rarely watch full episodes of the season. I do consider myself a pretty big batch ride or die, which to me says everything about JoJo and nothing about like us as fans. Because to me, I just there's been so many subpar bachelors and bachelorettes that it's it's again like it's not about we don't watch because we're like oh this is an amazing person who deserves to find an like their partner that's right. not why we're watching but jojo is i don't know there's just something so distinctly awful about this season and i've been thinking like it must have something to do with the fact that 
her emotional needs are so plain. Like, I feel like the other um, other bachelorettes or bachelors in the past have been better manipulated by producers where um, they just keep interesting people around for longer. But JoJo has really boiled it down to the guys that are willing to give her, quote unquote, the affirmation and, quote unquote, the validation that she needs in order to... Wow, that's know? interesting. I feel like she, though, like, was totally doing exactly what they want. Like, maybe I just have a kind of jaded view of her, but uh, I just feel like she's not like, okay, you know, like, like I, I don't know. Like, she, she kind of hung with Chad for a while. She did hang with Chad for a while, and I think that, I don't know, I feel like JoJo's picks were really, really bad, and we kind of talked about this in the batch group a little bit, about how... It seems like maybe half the guys were cast for Kayla when they were considering Kayla as the Bachelorette. I don't know if you subscribe to that theory, but I think it's probably pretty real. I think that as Kayla became more and more embarrassing with her, like, dumb, like, kitten heels and, like, that super (laughs) awkward scene where she, like, came up to Ben on the beach when he was relaxing on his day off and he was like, you need to go home. Like... Kayla's just, she was just embarrassing and cringy. And I think that that's why, probably why they pulled out on her. But she did seem like a big sweetheart, almost like a Sean Lowe of her world. And I, um, I just think that like if she had been a bachelorette, she would have at least had more diverse picks in terms of even just like who they looked like. They all kind of look vaguely like Jordan. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the group is very. Our group is, like, very anti these guys. Like, that seems to be the big, like, oh, they're douchier than usual. Like, they're they're more fame-hungry than usual. Like, I don't – I tend to feel like the guys always really suck. And, um, like, I think it's JoJo's fault, kind of. Like, right. I just think we're not down for JoJo. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, JoJo's, like – JoJo's, like, love language shit is so clear. Like, she doesn't care what the fuck happens as long as you verbally affirm her. Like, that's all she wants is just, like, someone to say, like, I love you and I see this going somewhere. And she's like, okay, in. Like, no matter right. what you – like, no matter what she presents them with, like, if the guy is able to just, like, scrap together a few sentences about how she, he thinks she's amazing, she's going to keep that guy around. Well, that gets to Monday's episode because, um, you know, they – at least the producers seem to think, like – it seemed like they told Luke, you know, listen, like, leave something on the table. Don't tell her I love you at this dramatic, like, walk down my path moment on your ranch. It's like, so tell her, sad. Yeah. Tell her in uh, before the rose ceremony. And that obviously backfired because it, it seems like it's not just about the I love you for her, I guess, in this situation. I don't know. I mean, do I like what do you think it's about then? If it's not, if it's not the I love you, I think she's also very much a package person. Like I think that she off the bat was really interested in Jordan for like obvious sad reasons. I think that we see a lot of insecurity in JoJo and even like, you know, I don't know about you. Do you believe that she got a nose job and a boob job between seasons? Well, I mean, as you as I know, like you are fully obsessed with her boob job. A lot of people are. Um, her boob job is stellar it's it's, it's great. pretty legit i'm pretty um, much she, down to get one tomorrow like i'm in <laughs> jojo like leave us your number um we have like multiple people who would be down to copy that work but uh i don't know i don't yeah i, I mean she does seem like she definitely knew i mean even the guys on the i think luke Saturday was like you know of course she wants someone who can give her like super bowl box seats for the whole season even though obviously you can't like you could definitely see her face falling and I think that was when she found out that Aaron and the family were estranged and I think that's why she kept harping on it because she was just like 
oh god, my entire plan is maybe gonna epically fail. Yeah. yeah. Um. So in terms of okay, so what do you think about? Jojo and the other guys like how, out of the uh, Jordan aside, which I don't know. I don't reality Steve it. You don't reality Steve it. I have in other seasons looked up who the winner is going to be in this one. Not yeah. since we've been in the group though, honey, I want to tell you that. Thank you, girl. I would never do that to you. Um, I actually suspect that a couple of the people that are hanging tough are maybe reality Steve in it. I really felt like last season we had a very heavy reality Steve presence in our Bachelor. Uh, oh, wow. I'm not, I'm not going to say names, but I do think there must have been a, a heavy reality Steve presence. But that said, so um, out of the three guys beside Jordan, which one do you think has the best chance of winning this, if any? Well, I mean, I, I have. let's just talk about the Luke situation, first of all. like Right. I know you just finished the app. Like, were you stunned when they have this amazing date? Obviously, tailor made to make us love him and see him as the next bachelor in retrospect. Um, you're right. And then, yeah. And then, like, she right after is like, obviously, the only guy, like, I think I can be able to part with is Luke. And we're all like, what? Um, yeah, from the minute that he came out of the limo, I thought they had this really great chemistry. I would think that him being from Texas would mean a lot to JoJo. Oh, outside, yeah. Yeah, like outside of the fact that Jordan has like fame relations within his family, I can't imagine anything JoJo will want more than a person who's exactly like her. Um, it's either going to be someone who has something to offer her that's a step up or it's going to be someone that's going to blend seamlessly into that disgusting family of hers. Like, I mean, I have no opinion on her parents, but like her brothers truly freak me out. And I think that like they have sexual fantasies about her. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. I really thought Luke was going to be it. I kind of had this gut feeling that Luke would be it, which makes me feel that you're right. I didn't put it all together. He probably is the Ben of this season. Yeah, but, like, almost a, a way better. I mean, a lot of people don't think he would be a good Bachelor because he's, like, very serious. But, I mean, on paper, he's amazingly perfect. Perfect. Like, he – how like, he's in six years in Afghanistan. Like, he has his own ranch. Like, he is pretty good-looking. And uh, he went to West Point. Like, he's well, probably he smart. does he have, like, a viable music career as well? Is he the one that has, like, actual uh, – an actual music career? Or is that Chase? No, no, that's him. I think he's trying to be a country singer, but, like, he hasn't talked about it on the show, which a lot of people like. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so he does seem like a great batch. I don't know if he's – I feel like he'd be better than Ben, but I'm not – I mean – Oh, perfect I Ben. I think about that ad campaign, like, three times a week in my car about perfect Ben. How that's, like, the <laughs> that's best – That's so sad. <laughs> it's the best – it's the best thing they've ever done at ABC with The Bachelor. Um, But, yeah, I – uh. I need to know more for you about how you feel JoJo relates in the grand scheme of Bachelorettes because we've had so many interesting ones over the year. I mean, I really think about like Emily Maynard being like, for me, one of the most JoJo-esque and that her emotions seemed like kind of fake and easy. Um, but, but she then, was way harsher. Like Emily, like, yes, I felt like below the surface was like, so mean like you know like she, oh, she Ricky, knows her... she's a dime piece and like oh, she yeah. Also, yeah and she, no that's why i mean emily's been like what is she on her fourth engagement and she just got married she's married she's like she's having another kid yeah i think so good for her um but then ali fedotowski is one of my favorite bachelorettes of all time just because i loved her so much on her original bachelor season 
Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I liked Allie. I liked uh, – because she seems smart, but she still had – the hard thing with Bachelorettes is, like, on paper, the ones I tend to like are ones who are, like, in the world seem like I would be friends with them. Like, Andy was a DA. She was smart. Like, she brunette. Like, I was like, this girl seems rad. But then she wasn't necessarily great TV because she was maybe a little too rational and smart. But the ones, like, Caitlin, who, you know, like – I don't know, are just a little bit more buoyant and, like, down to laugh and have fun, like, make for much more interesting stuff to watch. Totally. I loved Caitlyn, and I look back and I think say, like, that's, like, such an untraditional Bachelorette. Like, when we were watching it, I just was like, I don't know if I dig this. Like, it doesn't seem like she's taking it, like, it's, I laugh at myself as I'm saying (laughs) this, but it doesn't seem like she's taking it seriously because, like, you know, most of her group dates, I mean, until we got to the last, like, two guys, which now that I look back on it, that's exactly what it should be. It should be someone just having a fucking blast until they get down to the last two or three guys. But um, I really, uh, I felt like Caitlin wasn't taking it, like, seriously. And then JoJo, on the other end of it, takes it so seriously. Caitlin's dates were, like, mostly focused around humor, like, sexuality. Sex. yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, putting yourself out there, like proving that you're a person that's like an extrovert. That was really big to her. And then with JoJo, it's all about like, can you save me from a fire? Like, can you be a sports broadcaster? Like, she really seems to have some uh, daddy's little girl issues. Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, she's just she's not. I agree. She's not my favorite batch. Like, she's I mean, she's stunning. She's like one of the prettiest bachelorettes I think they've ever had. Completely. yeah, um, I don't know. I like I tend to like the looser ones. Like I love Jillian Harris, and maybe I just like Canadian Bachelorettes because I like Jillian too. a lot too. She was really really good. I liked Ashley as well too because Ashley was really she wore her insecurities on her sleeve, but she also right. had a good sense of humor about it. Where JoJo kind of wears her insecurities on her sleeve, but is this like very beautiful, confident woman in other ways? And so it's just very confused. It's like a it's just. Uh, a juxtaposition like that makes me a little bit uncomfortable with her and um did you um we were talking about luke yeah so we've gotten to the point in the season where it's sort of you know the show switches from being like a a shit show of drunk and like fame worry people to people who are there for the quote-unquote right reasons even though robbie maybe isn't but you know like now it's the sincere stuff where luke had that cheesy moment where he walks her down like this candle laden path to a flower petal heart. Like on paper, if I, I mean, literally if a guy ever did that for me, like, I think I would be disgusted. Like, I think I would be like, Oh my God, I, I couldn't take it seriously. Even if he was the sweetest guy in the world. But I'll tell you, like on Monday, I was close to tears. Like really? I was so moved. Like I, and same when, when Jordan said, I love you, like it's at the point in the show where I'm like in and I kind of lose my cynicism and I'm like, oh, like I want that. And it's, I don't know if it's because it's TV that those cheesy gestures like seem less disgusting, but, um, I don't know. You don't feel any sense of like thinking that looks nice. I mean, I guess it could be, oh no, no, no. I mean, there are times that I think, sure, that's like a very lovely sentiment. I think that a lot of it is tainted by, I think that my, my most sincere moment, like watching those things were with all of the hometowns were with Luke. Um, for sure. I felt like Robbie's was very much, 
Yeah. Um, heavily surrounding this like awkward drama that you know all we have seen in the press since he's been on the show is that everything that was put out there about him by his uh roommate's girlfriend or his girlfriend's roommate which is so weird by the way um everything that was put out there about him seems to be like kind of true um on the other end of it like i um you know i think that the Bachelor gets you in that way where you're watching these scenes and it's romantic and it's cheesy. It gets you it gets you in that way because I think that we all kind of secretly want that. Like we all yeah. want a really good guy that would say things like that to us. So when I cry watching The Bachelor, it's not because I'm like, wow, Luke is such an amazing man. It's like, wow, how nice must that be to have a guy that would take the time to let producers put rose petals into a heart. Yeah, it's like, it's like know, representative of... You know, that someone in the world could love you that much. Wow, we're getting deep right now. But, like, you know, it's... <laughs> I no, don't know. And that's the point of this podcast because I do think that when we watch reality TV, it is so much more about just us laughing. And you have definitely, like, called me out on the batch chain before for being like, Molly, do you, like, watch this show for sincere reasons? And I'm like... you. <laughs> One time you were like, do you know what show we're watching? And I realized like, (laughs) yes, I do know what show we're watching, but I know the emotions that I put onto it. And a lot of it is like, yeah, that's kind of a lovely idea. Like that's a lovely idea. Yeah, no, I mean, I I totally agree with you. Like through writing the book, I've, I mean, I already took it seriously, but I really do now because, you know, like I, and I pay attention to things I'm feeling much more as I'm watching it and the things that people say as we're watching it. Because like, you know, you can say it's just like, funny and to make fun of people's as like a group sport but we wouldn't stick around this long if it was just that no for real and so really quickly i want to get into the book because i just want to know you've spent so much time deep diving into bachelor shit and i'm not going to ask you to like give us anything that you're going to put in your book but out of this whole research process reading all these books everything else you've read all of the bachelor books Um, what is like the most interesting piece of information that you found out that's like surprising to you on a psychological level about the way the show is made? Um, hmm. well, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but I think the, one of the interesting things is that like, you'll hear a lot of people who worked on the show and who went through the show say that when they were in the mansion, those first couple of weeks that they experienced this sort of like. Stockholm Syndrome-esque feeling where they're like, they refer to, everyone refers to, to it as the bubble, like the, the time when you're in the mansion, yeah. you know, you don't have computers, you don't have books, you're just talking about um, The Bachelor all the time and uh, you sort of, your, your mind becomes warped and you're so focused on them. And that's like, for me, the hardest part to understand because I guess we've never been through that, obviously. Like how, no. I mean, how can you just... I feel like it logically I'd be like, okay, I, I get what they're doing. Everyone's talking about this person. And if I don't like them, like I can separate it, but maybe you truly can't like, maybe it just gets so warped that you feel like there's something wrong with you if you don't like that person. Cause everyone seems to think they're so great. I mean, I have to say that's one of the things that I really liked about the guys writing the songs this year. It's, it was so cheesy, but like it made me, it made me remember being like in my college sketch comedy group when you're just like bored and on a media diet and stuck in the same space as these people 
And, yeah. And you just wind up doing fun, creative things together. That was actually a lot nicer for me as a as a viewer just to see like, okay, this is what the people are doing with their time in the house this year. I worry a lot about them. I don't understand how the alcohol is time to get out of their systems. It's so rare that you see anyone on this show who's not drinking. I, I was like really shocked that Chad, out of all people, I mean, he seems to just be in such control of his mind and body. And that also seemed to be why he was able to stay. I feel like a lot of the people on the show who stay in charge of their mind and body are the ones that are ostracized Uh in the house because Mm -hmm. they're not fucked up. And um, Chad, obviously, because he was firing from all cylinders, he just didn't seem to be someone that was drinking a lot or doing anything like that. And because he was firing with all cylinders, he was able to create this sort of dynamic around him. And obviously, there's a lot more to that than it just it didn't seem like Chad was getting shit faced every night. But um, I think that that's I, I really worry about the people in the house and, and the friendships that they the quote unquote friendships that they make there and the enemies that they make there and how much just that's just fueled by the fact that they're either like starving or drunk all the time. Yeah, well, maybe not starving because they do have like an excess of food. But you're right; the girls probably like starve themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, have you watched, by the way, Chad's Snapchats? I haven't. Tell me everything because I've heard so many interesting things about him, including I'm a big Vanderpump Rules fan. I don't know if you are or not. But oh yeah, wait. What's the deal with Jackson? Him? I just know that they met once. Like I only know this from listening to Stassi's podcast. But like, I guess. Chad met ran into Jax and they like took a picture together but like the weird underlying thing is you know how like Chad is a total hashtag queen on his Instagram and he like hashtags everything yeah one of the things he always hashtags is pump rules <laughs> and he's That's like so thirsty it's like but he's not funny. on Vanderpump rules like he's not going to be on Vanderpump rules like is Chad low-key just a gigantic Vanderpump rules fan <laughs> He did that even before he and Jax connected. Yeah, like this was a big way that, okay, so I know that Stassi loves The Bachelor and she talks about it in Bachelorette and she talks about it a lot on her podcast. And um, it's one of the many reasons I listen is we all watch the same shows, Southern Charm, like Vanderpump Rules, uh, The Bachelor, all that shit. So Married at First Sight. So um, I always listen to her show and she was saying that she realized that she could probably book Chad for her podcast because... Um, he was hashtagging everything pump rules. And then she, <laughs> she said on her podcast that she had her producers at CBS radio reach out to Chad to do her podcast. And at first he was like, oh yeah, totally. And then he like stopped responding to the emails completely, which makes me wonder if either he got in trouble for doing media stuff that he wasn't supposed to, or probably if he has some sort of greater overall goal. Like, what do you know about that in terms of ABC silencing people from doing media stuff? Yeah, I've seen a few years ago, um, someone someone forwarded me an, e- an email from a few years ago where, like, a girl had done an unauthorized email or interview. Like, basically, you're supposed to set up all your press while the show is on. I think, actually, for, like, a year after the show airs um, through through ABC. And some people were going rogue because, like, you know, people like you and I will message and be like, hey, will you talk to us? Like, you know, we'd be on our podcast, whatever. And... Uh, if you say yes, like you can get in major trouble. And so I've, I've seen emails where those where contestants have been like majorly yelled at and reprimanded by producers being like, you are breaking your contract doing this. Like, do not continue to do it. Um, so but Chad, like his Snapchats they make me so sad. Like what? Goes because on? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I really weirdly liked Chad in the end and like felt like he 
made the show more interesting, even though he obviously it is like probably very violent and that's terrifying if I think about it in a serious way. But his Snapchat, like, so he lives in Oklahoma and basically his Snapchat is him like sitting at his desktop every night. Um, and he <laughs> plays this song all the time that's like ass and titties, ass, ass, ass and, and titties, titties, titties. Ass. yeah. <laughs> And, and it's like, haters, haters, haters. And he just plays it over and over and, like, will throw things in his mouth, like nuts. And then he'll, he'll like, pour nuts in his mouth but, like, miss his mouth and all of them go on the, on the ground. And then he will go on a trip to the supermarket, like, once a night and buy, like, meat and a frozen pizza. And then he, like, documents eating it. And, like, he throws the raw meat into his George Foreman grill but, like, usually misses and then picks it up off the ground and cooks it. And he, like, anyway, point being, like, he does all of this, like, stuff that he thinks is crazy and funny, but when you step away, he's doing the same routine every night, which is basically sitting at his computer until he's hungry, going to the supermarket and buying, like, however many calories worth of meat, eating it, and then, like, going online and reading Twitter comments about him. I'm just like, oh, I have God. to ask you, how would you diagnose this man? Because it seems like, I don't know, is it, like, just pure narcissism or is it something deeper? Like, what is it? Is it a deep need for affirmation? Like, what could it be? I mean, I guess it's, it feels too simple to say it's pure narcissism, but like, what else could it be? I mean, like, it's so openly, transparently, like, asking for attention, you know? Like, I don't even think he could deny that, right? It's such a deep insecurity. Like, he definitely strikes me as someone who has a lot of deep insecurities, which is so funny that, like, Justin Bieber is low-key the biggest Chad fan because I feel that Justin Bieber obviously struggles with the same issues. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I mean, he also, like... The people who are so aware of, like, creating a persona on television, like, scare me. Like, he obviously is one of them. There's some people I've spoken to for the book, like, uh, Erica Rose, the princess girl, like, Justin Rated R, Rigo, the guy who was, like, the, um, in Ali season, like, the wrestler. Like, right. people who, uh, who I talk to now will be like, oh, yeah, I completely made this up and, you know, I went in, like, knowing I was going to be over the top and it doesn't matter what people say about me because I know it was a character that I did for television because I know this is entertainment. Like, on one hand, I'm like, that's pretty savvy. On the other, I'm like, are you really that removed from it that it was all an act? Like, is Chad, like, able to separate who he is from, like, trying to impress people? I don't know. I think Chad desperately wants to be liked and I don't, you know, I think that maybe it is a character, but I think that anytime you put a character on, it's a defense mechanism. And I mean, I can even speak to that personally, like in my own career, like, Mm. uh, hold on let me see if I can find it. My normal, wait, what's my normal speaking? My normal speaking voice is something more like this. And like, I do this very low, deep voice, which is something that I've grown to be really comfortable with. And I realized I started doing it when I started doing stand-up comedy in Hmm. college because I found that people took me more seriously the deeper and deeper my voice was. Uh, And so I really- How did you discover that? I I discovered that just through trial and error, through like like basically realizing that the lower the register of my voice was, the more people took me seriously. And I think honestly, it's because that's when my most masculine nature comes out and people just respond to men better. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So I think that really, and it is a defense mechanism for me, for sure. Like, it's like Paris Hilton slips into baby voice. Or Chloe does that, that Chloe Kardashian, like, you know. Yeah, and I slip into full-blown man voice. And I think it's just (laughs) because I think that everyone has their own defense mechanism. Maybe you want to see more feminine. Maybe you want to see more secure and masculine. I don't know. Um, But 
I think that people, I think that people take on things that they think is going to help them be perceived better and then they roll with it. And, um, I guess you can say that, yeah, I was consciously doing that, but it definitely becomes a subconscious effort at this point. You can really even hear like with Paris Hilton, I, I am fascinated by her two voices that like when you go back and watch original simple life, you can see (laughs) that like in certain scenes when things were getting out of control, she'd be like, wait, Nicole. Like, we have to do, like, she had this, like, weird, <laughs> deep voice. And then most of the time, it was like, hi. Like, it was just like, as she does these two voices. And it's, like, so, it's so interesting to me. It's like, when she wants to be taken seriously, she goes into her normal voice. And when she wants to be given a pass for all of her naughty actions, she goes into this, like, disgusting baby voice. Um, but do you think that's, like, a dangerous road to go on, down because you don't know who your true self is anymore? Of course. Of course I do. Uh I think that's a really dangerous road to go down. But I also think that people throughout their lives, whether it be um, a slight shift in personality or a slight shift in demeanor or whatever, like people put on these like, you know, cloaks of defense mechanisms. And I think that if you're drawn to something like The Bachelor by nature, you are probably either a little bit on the narcissistic side or a little bit on the super, super um, insecure side, which is why I think, you know, with Jubilee, for example, from Ben's season, I really feel like Jubilee could have been the best next bachelor if she had had her, in, like, her insecurity a little bit more in check. Because mm-hmm. that girl had everything going for her. Like, she was a vet. What did she play? Cello. Like, girl had her <laughs> shit on point. She was adorable. Um, so I'm getting some questions really quickly uh, from our Twitter feed. We have one right now from at Copper Oranges, and she writes, uh, can Wells be the next Bachelor? Oh, sweetie. That is mm, so naive. That is very sweet Wells is like Jubilee. Wells is my, is Wells is the Jubilee No, Wells is not even as like, doesn't even stand as good of a chance as Jubilee, I don't think. Like, Wells is just too sweet, too skinny. I mean, although if they were smart, they'd realize like a radio DJ, that could be like a cool, fun job to have, whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean- it's funny, like, you. they always say they want someone, um, the producers will always say, like, what the key to finding a good uh, protagonist is that they need to sincerely want to find love. Um, and, like, I could obviously see Wells really wanting that, but, like, it seems like if they're that sincere, um, it's also, like, a, a, a negative. It's, like, I also they kind need of to be this- a showman, too. <laughs> well, for sure. And the second that, like, his career was revealed as DJ and he brought, like, all for one with him, I was a little bit, like... Yeah, that seems like a shock jock radio station prank. Like, let's see how far we can get our boy Wells going. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure every single week back at the radio station that he wasn't back. I mean, he's probably still on his hiatus, or he was on his hiatus probably until he was voted off officially. But um, I'm sure that every single week they were like, our boy Wells. Like, I grew up listening to Maddie in the morning like you did. Can you even imagine if Billy Costa had gone on The Bachelor? <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, I was thinking about... um. Remember when that guy from the local station, I think it was Kiss, like uh, Damien or something? Yeah. He, he got on like MTV and um, it was kind of like the local boy like got to the big leagues and it reminded me of Wells. Like Exactly sort of right. Cute. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. So we have another question from Ryan Bailey 25. He wrote, uh, can you speculate on JoJo's brother's reactions to her pseudos? Uh, oh, sorry. Can you <laughs> speculate on I'm eating a starburst? Can you speculate on JoJo's brother's reactions to her suitors, who will be their fave? 
Okay, so let's recap what their issue with Ben was. They thought, you know, if you're the bachelor, you're going to be inherently shady and, like, be leading on a couple of girls. And are you really down for my sister, right? That was their issue? Yeah. So uh, now that JoJo's in the position of power, do you think they're still going to be as, like, question uh, as questioning of the guy's intentions? Yeah, because they came out the gate with, like, Ben, you brainwashed our sister. And, like, all she did was go in there and say, like, I really like him. And they're like, what did he do to you? Like, these guys are not normal. They don't have a normal familial relationship. There's something super um, uncomfortable there. It makes me deeply, deeply uncomfortable, um, whatever their relationship <laughs> is. It's like a weird sexual possession of their sister. And like you would think that at this point like, they would just want her to be happy. But it's this whole weird subtext of like, oh, it's just gross. Yeah, I mean, in that case, then it seems like they would definitely dislike Robbie the most. But I can't imagine Robbie even getting to the point where he meets them. Although stranger things have happened if she's going to send Luke home. Um, so. Yeah, okay, so does Robbie even have a chance? Like, these, she's going to sleep with all three of these guys, right? Okay, I mean, her sexual chemistry with Luke and Jordan was like OOC. So if she yeah. got in a dark room with them, I can't imagine her not boning them. But, like, Chase is just a fine piece. I think she would get on that. Like, Robbie and her... I don't know. There, there was a weird thing in the in the part with Robbie where I hadn't seen like a huge spark between them, and I think in a way the fact that he might still have feelings for a girlfriend like is what's keeping her in in some way because she knows like even though he's been the most open and quote unquote said I love you like after day two point five like in a way she doesn't have him yet because he could still be with the ex. So it's like you know what I mean, right? It kind of kills me. You got by the way because I'm like looking right now at Chase's. Um like pictures you think he's like a fine piece oh my god yes you don't think he's hot i mean i think he's okay but i don't think he's far from like the john krasinski guy that got sent home yeah i guess maybe i i'm very stuck on that yoga date where they got all like <gasps> oh my god he was guy. the one oh my god by the way can we just talk for two seconds i know that we're like fucked because we live in la but like the fact that jojo talked about yoga like it was some like sort of strange foreign exercise she wanted to try like it was like I was like this is embarrassing I couldn't believe that first of all she'd never done yoga but secondly that like the bachelorette's like yeah let's portray yoga like some sort of strange alternate hobby it's like one of the it's like the most famous exercise in the world yeah but they were doing like reiki healing weird yoga where they like obviously it's all about sexual tension but like yeah i mean their root chakras were like on fire for real dude but you go i mean you go to that place downtown the springs like there's a place near where i live called the den that does like yeah and crystal healing like you know there's we could go to the shit 24 7 so i guess we're probably a little bit jaded about it that is true um okay so i want to just touch on some final things um before we sign off um who do you think is going to win for show 100 Jordan. Really? Without a doubt. You question it? I just don't know. I kind of feel like if she, I mean, I feel like sending Luke home is going to be the biggest mistake of her life. I feel like JoJo is chasing the fame. Like, it's so naive. And and I just, I don't, I'm so, it makes me so sad and uncomfortable that she would be that obvious. But like, uh, let's look at the facts, right? Like, she on the date with Jordan is, I mean, on dates in general with Jordan is so much more, um, like on top of him. Like she's been 
beyond Lisa, I guess Luke is the only other person that she's been that sexual with, but like the attraction seems to be the strongest with her. Even if there's not um, a promise of Aaron, like as the package deal, like there's proximity to him and the hope that the family might work out their drama. Like he might go on to be a sports news commentator, like whatever. I mean, I just think there's too much going chase. Like she's not moving to that house that he shares with a bunch of bros in like Highlands Ranch, Colorado. I don't care no, I know. Like, and who's the other one? Oh, Robbie. Like, come on. I can't even like take him seriously. Robbie is not happening. Like, it's just Robbie's so obvious to me. She should have picked Luke. And this is what makes me so sad is that like, I really feel that the bachelor at the bachelor has a unique advantage above the bachelor and that she doesn't have a dick that controls everything and that the bachelors i mean at, you know i think there's been a few exceptions but for the most part the bachelors always pick with their dick they always do they like turn down the yep. good girl and they yep. pick with their dick and i feel like consistently throughout the season like even like with uh ben and Lindsay, like if he had picked Lindsay over courtney as as amazing as courtney is like she's gorgeous she's beautiful she's funny I if he had gone with Lindsay, they probably would still be together. I feel like they need to like start real. These guys need to start realizing that like their dick gets the gets one of the girls in the front door and their brain gets the other one in. And yeah, they- but like I mean, I completely agree with you. Like it's I mean, Jake and Vienna. Like you could cite a million oh, examples of guys God. who choose based on you know people they're attracted to. But you do you really think the girls are that? Um, different like I even Ali said I know was hot as fuck like that's why I chose him yeah I mean I think that that's that is where the bachelorettes have disappointed me the most but at the same time I feel that the reason why there's more successful bachelorettes is because it's more innately female to choose with your heart and and your brain um Mm -hmm. I do. I mean, I definitely think, yeah, we saw that on Andy's season. We saw that on Allie's season. I think that a lot of girls, especially women, uh, like, you know, when you have lower self-esteem, you go with like, you can't believe that this hot guy is paying attention to you. And so you're like, oh, I'll go with the really hot one. That's like this feels like this amazing chemistry or whatever. But all of those relationships blow up really quickly. And I I don't know. It just makes me. Ugh, it's so stupid because I'm embarrassed. I'm like, it makes me question whether or not JoJo's there for love. Like, of course she's not there for love. She's there to be on television. Like, she may, in some part of her, believe she's there for love, but she's there to get like a hot, rich husband. Bottom line. Uh, I just but you, know. I mean, if we're talking about hotness, like you said at the top of this, you think all four of them are pretty comparable looks wise, which I would agree with. So, like, but Luke is number one looks wise, and then Jordan after that, and then I would say Chase, then Robbie. No, Luke, Chase, Jordan, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie is unanimously at the bottom. Sorry, babe, not happening. Because it's person his personality isn't hot. I think we all agree that it's weird that he still shapes his whole body, even though he's not on any sort of like swim team anymore. Like it's just very sad and weird. It makes me sad. He calls his dad coach. Like I don't know. I just I think he's like gross. And then also not to mention all this stuff in the tabloids where it's like, you know, I, I just felt bad for his parents. Like you can't imagine how like can you imagine how embarrassed your parents would be if they had to tell you when you came home from a reality show that it's like all in the press that you're a bad person? It's embarrassing. <laughs> I just can't even imagine my parents in that situation. Like Oh my god, I, I think sh- about that the whole time. Like if Shauna and Greg, like my mom, my stepdad were put in a position to be on the bat. Like my mom, first of all, my mom would like have be, she would have nothing to do with it. And my stepdad would be so weird. I mean, 
I can't. But do you, that's actually interesting, don't you? Like, because I was just thinking, you know, I of course we all fantasize like, oh, what would my parents serve for dinner, and like, how hard would they be grilled and whatever. Yes. But like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's sort of like what we're talking about the Stockholm syndrome in the manch. Like, maybe your parents get swept up by the cameras and stuff too, and you feel like, oh, this special celebrity esque person has chosen my daughter and you get into it? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And you can always see it in the siblings too because the siblings are a little bit younger, closer to our age, usually not as good looking. And you see them get so excited to have mm-hmm. camera crews in their house. Like every single, I think I think it was Robbie's house, like his sisters, like you could see them panty splash when JoJo walked through the door. Like they could not believe that the girl that they watched on The Bachelor last season was now in their house and that she's there with his their brother. Like, that is definitely a huge part of it. I don't think there's a lot of grilling on the family's part. I mean, sometimes the dad will take The Bachelor aside and give her a little bit of a tough time. But The Bachelorettes never get a tough time. That's true. So, okay, bottom line, if it's Jordan and JoJo at the end, do you think they will make it? And are Six you rooting for them? Four, four to six months after the after the final rose. Okay, you think they're de- they have no real chance at all. I don't. I mean, I think that if any chance that they have, it exists solely in the fact that they want to ride this fame wave together. I think that they will probably both be on Dancing with the Stars. I think we're going to see them both on other reality shows. I think we're going to see JoJo trying to take the Ali Fedotowski route and get herself like a little bit of an e hosting job. I think she's. They're probably both going to be running. The Batch Snaps account next year. Um, You know, you (laughs) mentioned on uh, our email chain, you were like, I fully believe in Sean and Caitlin now that I've been watching their Snapchat. Oh, yeah, dude. I completely agree. Snap has changed my opinion of them. I mean, you guys, I advise any real Batch fan to start following um, old Bachelor contestants like Lauren from last season, Lauren B and Ben. Like, oh, my God. I just... I do not root for them at all, purely because of their Snapchat, whereas Caitlin and Sean, so most of it's in Tennessee, where they, I guess they live in Nashville now, and, like, they're just goofy on a level that is really equal, like, and they do all these stupid skits, and, like, I mean, it sounds cheesy and when I'm describing it, but, like, they, I, you can tell they're sitting there like, babe, babe, like, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? And like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. They just work for some reason. And I'm like, I'm down for them. I hope they work out. Yeah, they're really silly. They seem like they work out a lot together. Like, they're very, very, very cute. I think they are cute. I think that Sean has a sense of humor about like Caitlyn's obvious drinking problem. And I think that <gasps> Caitlyn has you think a she has sense- a drinking problem. I just think Caitlin, I think she has a drinking problem in the way that most of the chicks I know have a drinking problem where like we slam a bottle of wine every night without thinking. Like I think Caitlin definitely, her mom likes to drink. Like they are a partying family. That's Um, true. And I think that, I think it's cute. I'm uh, obsessed. So Lauren on Twitter or Lauren on Snapchat, I haven't followed her until now, but for people at home, she is a Lauren underscore Bushnell on Snapchat. And what's Ben's name? He doesn't have one, but like her, so their snap pretty much consists of her. I think this is a whole other thing we can discuss. The way that spouses or boyfriends react to their girls doing Snapchat and including them in the Snapchats, I think is fascinating and like shows so much about their relationships. Like Sean, for instance, is so down to be part of it. Obviously is sort of fame hoary too, but Ben is always like kind of has this bemused like, oh, that's sweet, honey. Like, okay, what are you doing? Attitude towards it. And I'm like, you're weird. I don't know. 
<laughs> I definitely also think about people like that when I um when I watch this. I'm always like, oh, like I even just like my normal friends, like when I see the way that their boyfriends yeah. are engaged or disengaged on their Snapchat where they're like, I'm embarrassed to be a part of your web content. Like that's very interesting to me. And I always note that because I'm like, you know what? It is like uh, web content isn't necessarily part of the old school traditional deal, but that's a part of today's deal. And like if you're going to be with someone who's going to want to Snapchat you and you're uncomfortable. Yeah, with exactly. It, that's going to be a part of your life. Like this don't is the like way- shame them or make them feel like they're narcissistic for like, I mean, you're not you're on a very different level if you think your partner engaging in social media is like embarrassing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the couples that I know and love are like they do bits together. And I think uh, Caitlin and Sean are super, super cute in that sense. Um, so but Jordan and Jojo on Snap. Can you imagine that? I can, I mean, I can imagine it. And I feel like Jordan would be the one that's like cheesing all the time. And I think Jojo, because she needs to be uh, like on point looking all the time, would be a little bit more uncomfortable. I also want to say that I thought it was really interesting that when the wardrobe designer from last season, I think we talked about this in the batch group, was uh, talking about the finale and how she dressed the two girls. She didn't mention who was who, but it was pretty obvious. She said one of our girls is more comfortable when she's dressed really classic and the other girl is more comfortable when she's dressed really sexy. And it was obvious that the girl who was com- more comfortable dressed sexy was JoJo because she's always in like Vegas evening gowns. Like, her bachelor like promo pick and that red sequined evening gown with her tits out is like mm-hmm. beyond. Has there ever been a bachelorette picture like that in the past? I don't know. You're right. Emily is the one who's also sort of the most pageanty like she is. But, you know, she was her whole thing was to like be demure. So you're right. I mean, she's pretty out there with her sexuality, which I love. Although Caitlin obviously was pretty sexual, but like just was more flat chested and like boyish looking. Well, Caitlin was effortless and her sexy. And I think that that comes a lot. It's so silly, but it comes a lot from, I think (laughs) the fact that she was a dancer. And I think that she is just like a girl who has a sense of humor. She doesn't seem to be particularly aware of her gender, but completely owns her sexuality in that sense. Like she's not like, I'm a girl making jokes. Like they have to be cute. Like, and she's not like Jessica Simpson where she's like, Hey, I just took a big fat shit America. And it's like, okay, great beautiful girl like thanks for the information uh caitlin seemed to have like a really good she reminded me a lot of like my female comedy writer friends where it's like hey you're like sexy and gorgeous and cool and that's all emphasized by the fact that you have a really great personality because caitlin was beautiful but she's certainly not like traditionally beautiful and she's certainly not plastic surgeryed up the way that jojo is and Mm -hmm. i think that the more that I think about it, it makes total sense that someone who finds their comfort in being sexy and someone who arguably got a nose job and a boob job right <laughs> before uh, her bachelorette season would pick um, the more superficial guy. It seems like she's in a very insecure place in her life. And I don't know about you. Like, do you know your love language? Um, yeah. Uh, wait, wait, tell me the, the, all of them again. It's words of affirmation, acts of service. Touch. Touch. Um, what are the other two? Uh, okay, let me look it up. Love languages. Okay, let's see. The five love languages. Okay, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Oh, this won't surprise you. Mine is quality time. Of course it is, my <laughs> sweetheart. Of course it is. And, like, I think that that's a really good – I think that's really, really good. Like, I think I, – I, I, I can, I'm concerned about JoJo because 
I was doing a bit on my Snapchat last night, but it seems like no matter what the fuck it is you say to JoJo, if you immediately follow it up by like, you're beautiful and I like you, like she'll deal with it. She doesn't, I mean, she seems to be really into physical touch and words of affirmation, which I feel are both like very superficial, the most superficial love languages in a way. I mean, I guess receiving hmm. gifts is up there too, but um, that could be. Have you ever met anyone who's receiving, is receiving gifts? I've never met anyone who's is. I think that I have met people like that, but they're like, it's not real. Like receiving gifts is about, I mean, that's about like, you know, they want diamonds and they want clothes and it's like, do you love me? Then buy me shoes. Like those are people like that. And I feel like I've worked with girls like that. You know what I mean? Like I know mm-hmm. them peripherally and they're like, ugh. like I told my boyfriend to buy me this fucking thing and then he fucked it up. Like I wanted him to go to Mac and buy me this thing. And it's like, you send your boyfriend to buy makeup for you. I've definitely known girls like that. Uh, but I don't count them as friends really. It's a very specific type of person. That's true. Wait, what's, what's yours? Um, I would say that for me, it has to be um, a mix between um, quality time and acts of service. Mm-hmm. Acts of service is a hard one for me because a lot of people will say that, and especially like people who are married or like that is ending. That ends up being the one that you value the most because when life happens, like doing the dishes is more meaningful than like saying someone's beautiful. But I don't know that that's never represented that much to me. I mean, I've had a boyfriend that's given me, like, words of affirmation out the ass. Like, words of affirmation, touch, whatever else, out the ass. But then the one thing that that person didn't do was, like, let's say I had a health emergency and I need to go to the doctor. Like, they weren't there to drive me to the doctor. And it's like, you know, you can – I would rather, like, forego gifts and whatever else, like – for you to be the person that's like, I will actually be there for you when we're down for the count. Like all my best friends are acts of service people. Like they're the people that offer to get me something when I'm sick and I know they're actually going to go do it. You know, most people Mm -hmm. like won't actually follow through with that. So wait, what did we say Jojo is? She's the, I think she is words of affirmation all the way. And second would be touch. Cause like Jojo doesn't, you're right. Because JoJo doesn't care about anything. All she wants to have is, like, she just wants someone to glom upon her and tell her that they love her. That's all she cares about. It's so interesting. Like, part of, I think, another reason I love watching the show when when it's The Bachelorette is because I don't – this is going to sound very self-hating, but I don't mean it to be that way. Like, I don't know what it would be like to go through the world as someone – who's that pretty like my dad has always said and maybe this is a negative thing that like if you're he thinks that if you're born amazingly good looking like you don't have to work as hard in certain ways because people just like treat you in certain ways and give you everything and like and yet we watch the bachelorette and these girls are stunningly beautiful and you see all their insecurities come out and they still need all the words of affirmation so it's like i don't know it's interesting to watch It's so funny that you say that because I literally always like think of you as one of my most beautiful friends. Like I, I I always do. I'm always like, people are like, what's Amy Kaufman? Like, I'm like, wow, she's super beautiful. Uh, that's the first thing I always say. So, um, (laughs) it's funny that you say that, but no, I do, I do agree. I think that when you, um, are, I don't think JoJo was handed everything looks wise. Like, I think that she is really, really beautiful. You're right. She changed herself so much to look this way. Exactly. And like, you know, it's weird because, it's like almost like the de-ethnic 
accusation of like the Kardashians when like, you know, Kim shaved down her nose. Like she basically took the Armenian out of her face. Like she mm-hmm. took the Armenian out of her face. I think that Jojo did the exact same thing with her Persianness. And I uh I I just heard I think hers was a lot more subtle. And that's what makes me sad about it is that they were just subtle little touches and she was a beautiful girl. Like her high school pictures, she's like a beautiful girl. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm really excited to see how the rest of this season goes. Um, do you have anything else you want to touch on with the batch and psychology before we go? I do definitely want to get into a deep dive with you on Jake and Vienna because um, that's just, that whole thing is just so fascinating to me. But any other like... Anything you want to send our listeners out into the universe with, like a thought, something that you've been thinking of, like a thesis or something about something in the Bachelor world altogether? Uh, Well, should we think? I mean, so we're going to get to the end of the season when they, uh, the Bachelor and whoever they picked, will have that sort of three month gap where they visit each other in secret, but also watch the show unfold. And yes. I think it's interesting when a lot of times, um, the ones who are quote unquote more successful will not watch the season. Like if it was Jordan, he wouldn't have watched the episodes right? um, because it's like too damaging to see Jojo like be in love with Luke or whoever. What do you think you would do if you were in that position? Like, do you think you could understand that this was a game and that that's how they were behaving or could you, would you just cling to it and be like, I'm jealous. It depends on how in love I am with the person. Cause I've been in relationships with people where like, I mean, I think the audience should answer this, too, and please email us with your thoughts. And I'm looking at JoJo's uh, pictures from high school right now, and she's stunning. Like, I'm so sad if she did anything to herself. She obviously did. Um, But she's (laughs) stunning. Um, But I I think that it all really depends on the strength of your relationship. I was dating a guy for a while um, not that long ago, and I said to him at the beginning of our relationship, I – asked him a question about one of his ex-girlfriends and he started to be a little bit weird when he answered it. And I was just like, hey, wait, by the way, I'm like asking you this. uh, I I need you to know that I like don't care. Like I'm not threatened by the fact that you've dated people before me. Like I normally don't feel that way. I normally feel pretty threatened when hearing about someone's exes. But Mm -hmm. you're just, uh, I said, I just feel really confident with you. So if I was with someone that I felt really confident with, I definitely, like, for Sean and Catherine, for example, I think that Sean really handled himself above board to begin with, so it wasn't really that hard for him. I think that, you know, um, I've definitely heard of, uh, oh, like, what are some more notable ones recently that we've heard people saying that they didn't watch the episodes together because they were so upsetting? I guess people say they fast-forward through other dates a lot. I think Ben and Lauren maybe said that. Ben and Lauren might have said that too. Yeah. And I think that I think that that's a little bit, I don't know. It's a tricky situation because part of you has to be totally fine with the situation that you met in and and, in order to be able to move on. But, um, right. Yeah. It does always weird me out when like, didn't it, I mean, I understand why this happens, but like on the after show, um, you know, of course we've just seen Ben say, you know, I love you to two girls. And so that's why Chris Harrison is like, uh, Lauren, are you bothered by the fact that he also said, I love you to Jojo? And she's like, no, dude, that was months ago. Like I've moved on. And that's kind of hard for me to, to watch because I'm like, what? Like, no, that's deeply affecting. Like I would be pissed about that, but I guess they've had time to quote unquote process it. I, I don't know. I think it's a dangerous road to go down to watch. And no matter how mature and like secure you think you are in your relationship, it would be very difficult to like 
not question that he was pulling like a Molly Mesnick and and, tr- and changing oh. his mind. <laughs> oh my god! Can we please do a deep dive on Jason? That is my favorite fairy tale. Is that? I mean, that oh, is yeah, my like, favorite season. That is so. It is so important, you guys. If I can recommend spending nineteen ninety nine to you, it is to go onto <laughs> iTunes and buy that season and just treat yourself to that emotional journey. I would say maybe like. Two times a year, I will queue up that after the final rose and watch mm. Jason as like just basically what was her name? The one that Melissa. Melissa, yeah. And Melissa was sweet, but it just was so obvious she wasn't gonna win. It was so it was so sad. Like it was so sad that I mean, I don't know. I just, Who do you I, think was at fault in that situation? Because there was a lot of fallout afterwards where people were like Jason did exactly what the producer said and he should and Melissa was very pissed that like understandably that he saved it all for the show and he was like, I had to, I was contractually made to do that. But like, clearly, you know, not everyone goes along with what they say. I don't know if he would have had to do that. Like, do you think he's an asshole for doing it that way? I don't know if I think Jason's an asshole as much as I think that he's overly earnest. Like he always struck me as someone that was very, very earnest and would probably be told something like that. Like you're contractually obligated and feel very much like he was, in fact, contractually obligated. Um, and also, we have to remember, this was like seven years ago. Like, we're in a, just a completely different reality TV climate, especially with the media, where like, you know, those reality Steve didn't pop up till around that time, like really outing everyone as far as I know. So that, I really I think, think actually that was his first big get reality Steve, was what yeah. was going to happen on that. So like, Did, yeah. If you were Molly, would you, I always think about this. This is so, this is revealing how much we think about The Bachelor. To be fair, I'm writing a book, so I feel like I'm a little bit warranted. But still No, I'm just sad. Yeah, no, I'm just sad, Um, yeah. But uh, if you were Molly, would you be so flattered that he, like, couldn't stop thinking about you and changed his mind despite all of these crazy pressures? Or would you be like, fuck you, you missed your chance, and I'm mortified? Um, I honestly think that, you know, because they are still together, I think that I can like, I can say this assuredly, like, I think that they were meant to be together and she knew he made a mistake and she even said that to him when he sent her away. She said, I think you just made a big mistake. Like, I, I think that, you know, I think that, I think she did what was in her heart. I think that it was very, very, um, it was very difficult for her to answer on the spot. And she was really put in a big position to say, like, I was just humiliated and now I'm vindicated, but I, I can't forget that I was humiliated first. And mm. um, it's a really difficult position to be put in. But if you think about it, if the guy that just broke your heart uh, comes to you and says, I was a fool, I was wrong, I made the wrong decision, and I'm willing to say that in front of everyone in the world, like... That is a pretty powerful thing. I think that a lot of women daydream about that day, that the the guy that turned them down at one point comes to them and says, not only was I wrong, but I was, I'm willing to say that in front of everyone and make a change in my life and start all over again for you. I think it's extra meaningful because he had a child. He had more on the line. Um, he didn't need to do that on the show. They could have also done it silently, like after the show had finished. Um, he could have mm-hmm. just dumped Melissa and contacted her after, but... Um, I think that it was a great show of love, and I think that that's definitely a big reason why they're still together. God, I, that season was so good. It's so like, good. I get, despite you know how annoyed I am that people like are tuning out uh, of JoJo season, like deep down I do. I just I know that the show has the potential to be so much better because it has been, and I'm just like, can we please have like 
a Jason Mesnick season coming up. I, I need to be repaid. And, and, like so, watching and that said, like in terms of a change, and then we're going to wrap up after this because we have talked for an hour, girl. We were going to talk for 20 minutes and I could talk to you. Oh for, my God, girl. I could talk to you for another hour. But um, we're both big Unreal heads. I think we both really love the show Unreal. And yes. um, they have the Black Bachelor on this season of, or the Black Suitor, they call him, on this season of Unreal. And when do you think, if ever, I mean, I think we're still probably six seasons out from a Black Suitor. Oh, I would completely agree with you. I mean, I they keep saying that they're getting more diverse in the contestant pool base and everything, but like, I mean, they're going to have a, a person of color be the main person as soon as they're not going to, like, recycle someone from the last season. Like, this is how they do things. Like, it is a business that works for them, and I cannot see them switching it up. I would love for them to have, like, a fresh person, especially in a season like this where, well, I guess I do like Luke as an idea of a match. But, like, there's not so many great possibilities. Like, why not just, like, change things up? God forbid, you know? I get frustrated, but. No, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to say to Emotionally Broken Psychos Nation before you sign off? <laughs> Guys, just think about uh, The Bachelor more seriously than, you know, we're all live tweeting. We're all, we're, all, we're all snarking. But deep down, maybe it reveals something about what you want out of your relationships. Because me and Malls just want that fairy tale love. <laughs> Amy, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here, girl. Thanks for listening to Emotionally Broken Psychos, learning self-awareness through reality television. Find us and subscribe on iTunes. And if you really love the show, consider giving us a five-star rating and a sweet-ass review. You can find more information about the show, including links to supplemental material, on emotionallybrokenpsychos.com. We'd love to hear your theories, aha moments, and other juicy tidbits. So reach out anytime to Ramona Singer at emotionallybrokenpsychos.com or call us at 415-779-2467. That's 415-PSYCHOS. Thank you to Mary Kenny for our logo. Until next time.